the do's and don'ts in this last message on the prayer series. The do's and don'ts from the Holy Scripture. What do we do as the Lord taught us to pray and what we should not do? The don'ts. Maybe I should start with the don't in the Holy Bible and then move on to how do we pray? Prayer is a topic the Lord Jesus taught for about five plus years and then went on to say, now that I'm going to my Father, the Holy Spirit will come and teach you more. I mean, Jesus himself, our Lord, did not fully, uh, did ne- never claim to have fully taught the scriptures on prayer because there's so much, how much less I am able, in fact, I am able to do nothing but through Christ. So what are the don'ts? Number one, the Bible says in the Gospel of Matthew chapter 5 verse 23, don't pray with unforgiveness and revenge. In fact, the Bible is saying in that portion, when you go to pray, when you go to worship, when you go to connect with God, and if you remember there is something that you have in your heart against people that you love, that God has put in your life, and you know there's no connectivity with them and forgiveness. Jesus, our Lord, said, leave your prayer there, leave your gift there, go and meet the person with you have to reconcile, and then come back and offer your prayer. Quite a strong statement, huh? Avoid conflicts which are external Avoid conflicts which are external, especially in relationships. Wow. So the Lord is saying, make peace with people when you pray. Lord Jesus, I have peace with you. Why worry about peace with others? The Lord says, listen guys, you will have your prayers answered more effectively, more efficiently when you learn you're a part of the greater family for whom Christ died. So this is so paramount and important. Second, so avoid internal conflicts within yourself. Avoid external conflicts in relationships. Avoid internal conflicts within yourself. Why do we pray? We pray because God hears our prayer and we want God to see our prayer. But a lot of people, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6 verse 5, they pray because they show off that they are religious. You know, I know there's a brand called show off. (laughs) They came now in the 21st century. This brand was there in 2000 years ago. It's called the religious brand, the show off brand. Anything they do, they have to put it on social media. They feed the poor, they have to put it up there. They help the needy, they have to put it up there. They have to brag about, I'm doing that, I'm doing this. Jesus said, when you pray, don't brag, don't show off. Don't try to say how many hours you pray. How? Don't do anything to show off. It's there, it's a commandment in the Bible. He says, when you do that, your prayers will not be heard. I'll say that again. Jesus said, if you do that, when you do things to show off and you boast about it in public, what should have been between you and God, you're trying to uh, show the public and, and get their respect and that's why you're doing it. Jesus said, don't do that. Matthew chapter 6 verse 5. Don't pray in public to show off. Now, you have to pray in public because... Public prayers are a part of the scripture. But don't you pray in public to show the public that you're a prayerful person. 
Right, you're a priest, you're a pastor, you're a layman in the church, whether you're a clergy or a laity. Uh, when you go to church, it's not to take a selfie and let everyone know that you're a prayerful person. No, 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 no. But you, you don't do prayers in public to show off. You do prayers in public sometimes because the occasion demands that and not because you want a good reputation from people. Jesus said, don't do that. Don't do anything about prayer to show off to people. (laughs) Third, the Lord Jesus said, don't do repetitive chanting. Don't do repetitive chanting. Don't keep saying the same thing again and again and again like a mantra, a chanting. Yeah, don't. Maybe the Lord's prayer, maybe some praise, maybe some worship. Don't keep repeating the same thing thinking that out of your much praying and saying, because I said it seven times, because I said it hundred times, because I said it four hundred times, because I said it thousand times, now God will forgive me. Because I said it a lot of times, now God will hear me. Jesus said, don't do that. Your spiritual leader may have told you to do it. Listen, avoid that spiritual leader who contradicts with the word of God. Because Jesus is your supreme leader and he said, don't do that. Don't repeat prayers as a mantra, as a chanting, uh, assuming that because of your much speaking, because you have said it so many times, because you have said it for so long, either in terms of number or in terms of time, that you will be heard. Jesus said, Matthew chapter 6 verse 7, Don't be like the heathen who do that. You are a child of God. When you pray, Jesus our Lord said, you must pray knowing that your heavenly father already knows your need and you're just connecting with him while you're asking for it. Avoid external conflicts. Don't have external conflicts. Two, avoid internal conflicts. When you pray, the intention of your prayer and what you express should not conflict. Third, when you pray, ensure that you avoid repetitive chanting. Now, sometimes people use words of praise like hallelujah, praise the Lord, repeatedly. Now, each time when you mean it, there's nothing wrong with it. That's not called chanting. Chanting is when you say it so many times, either to fulfill that much time, like five minutes, ten minutes, thinking that if you pray for seven minutes, ten minutes, you'll be heard. Or saying it seven times, fifty times, thousand times, assuming that if you repeat it for so many times, then the magic will happen. Well, listen, that thinking is wrong. God doesn't answer prayers because you've said it for so long or because you've said it so many times. God answers prayers because you've spoken to him from a relationship through Christ Jesus. And that's what the Lord Jesus said you and I must do. That is pray in faith. In faith of your relationship with him. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, the Bible goes on to say the do's of the scripture. The first three don'ts, you understood it. Now, the do's of the scripture. What are you supposed to do when you pray? Number one, Jesus, our Lord, taught, ask in prayer. When you're praying, ask. Now, I dealt with this last Sunday, ask, seek, and knock, right? Ask in prayer, but ask in unity. 
The power of unity is not a political idea. The power of unity is not an idea of a union of workers or students or protesters. No. Well, they might all use the word union, unity for their endeavors. But the word unity comes primarily in a spiritual sense. It started off as the unity and union between God and man, which man actually broke because of sin against God. And then Christ Jesus came back to reconcile us with God and bring back that unity with God through God's efforts in Christ Jesus. Now the Bible is saying you must have union, unity with one another when you pray. Let's read that scripture. Matthew chapter 18 and verse 19. Again, truly I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for. Oh my goodness, what a powerful scripture. I have to stop and request you to read again. Again, Jesus is saying, truly I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything. Anything they ask for. Jesus said, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. Woo! Hallelujah. Why did the Lord Jesus say that? The Lord Jesus said, I tell you the truth. If any two of you agree on earth. First of all, when you pray. I tell you my brothers, don't expect dead saints to agree with you in heaven. In heaven only your heavenly Father will answer you. No one else is going to answer you. That's what the Bible says. Your heavenly father in heaven will answer you. No other saint, no other angel, no one. You don't pray to them. You only pray to your heavenly father. You pray to the Lord Jesus. You pray to the Holy Spirit. They are one. So that's all right. You can pray to any one of them. And and it's the same person that hears it. Because the three are one. God manifests in three persons. However... You don't pray to anyone else in heaven because no one else in heaven is authorized to hear your prayer or receive your prayer. Now the Lord is saying, if any two agree together, and I think for married people, this is like lifeline in prayer, you know. If you're a married person, listen, you and your spouse got to agree on things in prayer. Hallelujah. And I know some of you are saying, Pastor, I'm now praying for agreement first. (laughs) Okay, at least on that can we agree that families need to have agreement when we pray. Right? So God wants us to agree on things. In other words, there must be a consensus about what we are praying. Deep in our heart, we don't want conflict between what we say and what we believe. Right? So the Bible is saying, if two people agree are in union on the topic of that prayer matter. Jesus said, my father in heaven will never ignore unity in prayer. That's why corporate prayer, when we pray together as a church, mighty miracles happen. Blind eyes open. You know, I don't like to exaggerate. I don't like to talk too much about these things. So kind of, I let, you know, people who are healed, I let them talk about it to others, right? Uh, uh, something amazing happened in our church last week, I tell you. Uh, while I was preaching, somebody fell down, fainted and fell down in the congregation. But I continued to preach because there were doctors and uh, whoever else uh, to help immediately. So they picked this lady up and the man who came with her and uh, 
took her into an adjacent room and they said she has to go to the hospital. So they took her to the nearby hospital and I continued to preach and then I prayed and I closed the service. And when I came for last Sunday, when I came for the evening service, the people were waiting to meet me. They had finished their, you know, circuit in the hospital for treatment and they were back uh, to meet me before they went home. And so they asked me, they said, Pastor, can can we just meet you for a minute? I said, sure. And uh, they said, Pastor, we came to say we are sorry that uh, we disturbed the church maybe because we fell down. I said, it's all right. It was in a corner. It kind of didn't bother us too much. But how are you now? That's more important. What really happened? They said, well, we've been coming to this church for quite some time now, just that we haven't met you. But um, so what happened is when she fell down, and they took her to the hospital. Uh, they told they told the doctors, I've become unconscious. I fell down because I have a cyst in my brain or something like that. And uh, so the doctor said, all right, now that can cause all these problems. And they checked her. They scanned her. And guess what? They said, we don't understand. They said, can you bring the reports that show there is a cyst in the brain? They said, of course we can. The doctor said, well, because this reports that we took just now say there is nothing in the brain. Your brain is perfectly normal. There is no growth, no cyst. There is no edema. There is nothing. You're perfectly fine. And I told that family, I have a strange feeling. While you were sitting in the church and praying, God healed you and probably he allowed you to have a disturbance so you can be taken to the hospital and the doctors can certify you have have no more sickness. You don't need to be on medication. You don't need treatment anymore. Why? Because Christ healed you. This happened last Sunday in the church. There is power when we pray together. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When people pray together, there is power. There is anointing. There is healing. Why? Because Jesus said, where people agree together, God will be present to answer prayers. Oh, I'm excited. This is not like a TED talk. This is not like a motivational, inspirational speech. When someone inspires and motivates, nothing happens except motivate and inspire. But when the word of God is spoken and people pray in unity, there is life, there is miracles, there is transformation. Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. Ask in unity. You've got deep friends. Do you have friends who are really deep with you? Very intimate with you? Tell your friends to pray to the Lord Jesus with you. Ask them to pray with you. Habits that you're not able to break. Ask them to pray with you. Relationships that you're not able to mend. Ask them to pray in unity. And when you pray together, I tell you brother, I tell you sister, life will change for better. Hallelujah. Amen. There are people who say, you know, if you if you have good friends, you may fight occasionally. If you have a good marriage, you know, sometimes there are fights. I don't know. I don't fully agree with that. I think a good marriage can be a good marriage without fights, without quarrels, with agreement in prayer. Yes. And I, I'm not saying if you had a quarrel, then it's a bad marriage. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that your marriage can remain good if you and I learn to agree 
in our family lives when it comes to prayer that can become the bedrock of things, of ideas, of decisions from where God's blessings can flow into our family lives. Pray in unity. This is a do. When you pray, pray in unity. Second, the Bible is saying, seek in faith. One, pray, ask in unity. Second, seek in faith. Yes. Uh, how do I say this? Hmm. A lot of times when I'm looking at my notes and I'm thinking, how do I put this across? A lot of times when we pray, we forget to understand that it's actually an opportunity to transfer burden. Oh, let me explain this to you. If if your friends give you, if your friend on their mobile show you some photos and you say, hey, hey, hey can I can I have those photos? And your friend sends it to you by WhatsApp or they transfer it to you by some other method. And it comes to your phone. Then you have it on your phone. Right? Now, a lot of times, you know, you take others' pictures and you say, Hey, listen, I don't have enough memory on my phone. Uh, My memory is full. So, you know what? I'm going to transfer it to your phone because these are your pictures. So I can delete it on my phone. So people transfer. When you pray, it's actually a transfer of burden. Seek in faith. When you're praying, you're actually saying, God, you commanded me to cast my burden on you. Prayer time is a burden transfer time. You're downloading the burden at the feet of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. And you're saying, I'm going to delete it from my account and I'm going to leave it in your account. Some people have to transfer their burden many times. Why? Because they take it back when they finish prayer. (laughs) They keep it at the feet of the Lord and they pray and they enjoy and they believe. And when they get up, they're like, man, I feel free. Something's wrong. And they pick up the burden to feel normal again. And then they come back and transfer it again in prayer. Sometimes that happens, it's okay. I think you need to keep transferring the burden until you can be fine and live without picking it up again. Because as long as the burden is in your heart, God can't work on it. But when you've transferred the burden to Him, He can work on it. Seek Him in faith. You know when the Lord Jesus said to His disciples, come to me, do you know what He said? He said, come to me and learn to rest with me. Prayer is a time where you transfer the burden. You may have started the prayer with a lot of burden, but you cannot end the prayer with burden. You must end the prayer with rest. Read with me, please. Mark chapter 6 verse 31. And Jesus said unto them, Come you yourselves apart into a desert place. And the word there is rest a while. Because there were so many coming and going and had no leisure so much, even they didn't even have time to eat. So Jesus said, hey guys, when you come to me, he said, don't get on your knees and raise your hands and start crying and talking. Rest a while. Rest a while. You know, prayer times are times when you're with the Lord and you rest a while in his presence. Don't struggle to meditate. That's another struggle. Rest in his presence. Hallelujah. Don't struggle. Rest in his presence. Prayer time is a time where you seek the Lord in faith. Do, number one, ask in unity. Second, seek. 
in faith. And rest is a sign of faith. When you are able to truly believe, you're, you're a lot relieved from your stress. Your stress level can sometimes indicate your faith level. Now, I'm not saying that if you don't have any stress, it means you have a lot of faith. No, no, I didn't say that. Because some people are just plain irresponsible and have no stress because they don't have a sense of responsibility. It's not because they have faith. (laughs) No, I'm just saying that when you have a lot of faith, you tend to rest in Christ Jesus. Third, knock. This is something you do. When you're praying, knock in prayer expecting a great life. I'll say that again. When you pray, expect a great life. Many of us, when we pray, we're expecting bad to happen and we say, God, protect me because I know bad's going to happen. Protect me because things are getting worse. No, 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 no. When you pray, maybe you began your prayer like that, but you want to end your prayer saying, Lord, thank you because I'm going to have a glorious life. I'm going to have a long, blessed life. I know my life is going to get better. Hallelujah. Knock expecting a higher quality of life. Knock expecting a longer quantum of life. Knock expecting a blessed schedule of life. Knock heaven's door in prayer. Expecting something more beautiful. Pastor, from where did you get this? From the Holy Bible. From your Bible. That's from where I get it. Let's read. Amos chapter 5 and verse number 4. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel. Seek me and live. You know on cigarette packets it's written. Cautionary warning or something. Statutory warning. Something like that. I don't know. I've just read it in some advertisements. It's written. Smoking kills. Smoking kills. So many places, all these things will be written. That kills, this kills. It's a warning. They say, please buy it. You are going to die. Please buy it. You are going to die. God has written something on himself. You know what is written? Seek me and live. Seek other things. You might die. But seek God and you will live. Hallelujah. When you come to Christ, your scheduled for a higher quality of life. When you pray, if your expectation is opposed to this character of God, then you are in conflict with the one you are talking to. You better be aligned to the one you are talking to. Hallelujah. You knock on heaven's doors knowing that life is going to get better. And I want to pray with you today because our God is a prayer answering God. Ask in unity, seek in faith, and knock expecting a great life. What are the don'ts? Avoid external conflicts in relationships when you pray. Avoid internal conflicts and hypocrisy when you pray. Avoid repetitive chanting, assuming that repetitive chanting of prayers has some kind of power. No, it doesn't. It's your relationship with your heavenly father. There's one story in the Bible I have to tell you. I have to tell you. And then we will pray and close. It's the story of a king called Hezekiah. It's one good ayah in the Bible. Now this guy was the king of Israel. Okay. And he became king at the age of 25. He was the crown prince. His pop died. He became the king. 
Yeah. So what happens is this guy set his heart towards God. Young people, you know, they really love God. Young teenagers, young people, they love God. Well, they may like gaming. They may want to become a, a professional. They may like love those things in life. But deep inside, they also love God. Many of them are bored with church. Many of them are bored with traditions. and That's alright. But but they love Jesus. So Hezekiah was like that. He was a young guy, but he loved God with all his heart. He was a fun-loving guy. This guy was so fun. And uh, what happened is, when he became king, his father had done so many stupid things and destroyed uh, not just his father, but a couple of kings, you know, his grandfather, and many of them in the line of succession, over the generations had destroyed the economy of Israel. <laughs> Some of you are like, it's not just those kings, pastor, it's happening even now, I know, I know. Second, they destroyed the military of the country, of Israel. Third, they destroyed the spiritual life of Israel. They brought weakness into three things. Economy, the defense system, and the morals, the spirituality. So when Hezekiah became king, he was a fun guy. He said, hey, let's restore. He developed the military. He did fantastic. He developed the economy. The Bible says Israel became rich like never before. The whole nation began to have a greater, you know, agricultural GDP and other things. And Israel became spiritually very connected to God. To say Israel may be wrong, the word Judah, the Jewish community may be more right. So Hezekiah brought Judah and Jerusalem and the Jewish community under him back to God. And so there was a spiritual renewal, there was an economic renewal, and there was a military renewal. Many people, they are foolish and they think that when you have a spiritual renewal, you can't have a military renewal, you can't have an economic renewal. They feel that if a financial growth has to happen, then, you know, spirituality has to take a back seat. They feel that if I have to be strong in my defense, if I need to learn how to protect myself, then I can't depend on God. I just have to depend on myself. It's so foolish. It's a wrong thinking. You can have your military, you can have your economy, and you can have your spirituality developing together. Right? It's there in the Holy Bible on an individual level and on a national level. So the Bible says Hezekiah became very prayerful and he was a fun-loving guy. Okay? So the, the Bible goes on to say that. Then what happened is at one point he became sick. The Bible says there was a boil that grew on him. I am assuming it was some kind of a malignant tumor or some kind of a growth on his body which was uh, fatal. So they said he's going to die. So the king called and and said, call the prophets, let's pray. Why, why is it that I'm so sick and why am I not recovering? So prophet, another great ayah in the Bible, Isaiah, he came. And uh, Isaiah and Hezekiah prayed together. And God told Isaiah, tell him his time is up. He's going to die. Tell Hezekiah the king, he's been a great guy. It's been a lovely time, the way he led Israel. But his time is up. He's not going to be healed. So Isaiah told Hezekiah, set your kingdom in order. You know, straight away plan the transition uh, of leadership from you to whoever your successor is going to be. 
Set your house in order, your kingdom in order. You're a done deal. It's over. You're dying. Isaiah the prophet said that. And uh, Isaiah was a good friend of Hezekiah. But you know, prophets have no permission to change the message. They just have to deliver what God has told them to say. So he said the message and he walked out of the palace. I, I guess Isaiah walked out a little heavy hearted and sad that his friend was going to die. The king was going to die. So Isaiah was walking out, probably dragging his feet, going really sad, lazy, you know, going tired, going heavy in heart. But you know what King Hezekiah did? (laughs) He turned to the wall. He was so devastated when he heard this prophecy. He was so broken when he heard this prophecy. He turned to the wall. He turned to the wall means he said, enough of looking at people. I mean, look at all the people around me, the doctors, the attendants, the counselors, the motivators, the inspirers. They can't do nothing. So he just turned to the wall. Where he didn't have to bother about who is watching him. He looked to the wall and the Bible says he cried like a baby. He wept before God. I told you prayer is knocking with expectation. Prayer is seeking in faith. He just cried to God. And he said three things to God. He said, God, I have lived before you in the truth I know from your word. Second I have sought you with a perfect heart. Third, I have done, I've tried to do things that you like, oh God. And now when I pray, you're telling me I'm going to die? Can't you heal me? Of course you can. And he cried to God. You know why he cried to God? Because he knows God understands emotion. God is not some powerful energy and a bundle of might that is sitting up somewhere there through which he controls everything like electric power or like solar power. You know, please understand these energies have no feelings. These energies have no intellect of their own. These energies have no plan or design. God is not just an almighty power. He's a person. He feels, he thinks, he plans. In fact, you are a part of his design. He created you. No, 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 no. Monkey could never become as good as you are. Monkey remains a monkey. You can sometimes become like a monkey. But don't do that. That's not evolution. That's entropy. The Bible says, Hezekiah cried to God. Said, God, please. You know, by the time Isaiah had already reached the outer court of the palace, it's a pretty big palace. I don't know, it must have been half an hour, one hour. I don't know how long Hezekiah cried and prayed. God told Isaiah, go back. My servant Hezekiah is crying. Go back and tell him 15 years of life (laughs) given to you. 15 years extension. Amen. You cried and prayed 15 years, you're going to live long. Isaiah, I think, hop, skip and jump. He ran back. He ran back and said, Ayah, Hezekiah, you're going to live. You're not going to die. 15 more years. Now see, Hezekiah is in that depressed, bad mood. He's crying and praying, you know. The transfer of burden is still happening. Hezekiah turned around, looked at Isaiah and said, what, What's the proof? What's the evidence? Isaiah said, God's going to give you two evidences. Evidence number one. On the, you know, these days we all wear watch, we have clock, you have your time on your mobile phone, you can look at time, don't look at time now, I'm saying generally you can look at time here and there, 
But in those days, they, they used to have different methods of measuring time. One method was the kings would build what was called the sundale. So the sundale was, uh, uh, they would measure the time of the day by the shadow it formed on a particular construction. They would put up a certain construction and looking at the shadow uh, that fell on the ground from that construction, they knew what time of the day it was. Isaiah the prophet said to Hezekiah, God answered your prayer. All right. What do you want? You want a sign, right? So you have a choice. Do you want the shadow on the sundial to go 10 degrees forward or backwards? Which one would you prefer? Who man, I sometimes, when, you know, when God is ready to give a sign, he don't mind spinning the solar system a little here and there and just changing things. His friend cried and God's emotional now. God says, it's all right. Computers can reset themselves later. I'm going to reset the whole cosmos. Hezekiah said, the God that I know, moving the shadow forward is very easy. Let it go back. That's the tougher one. Isaiah said, God, you heard the man. You heard the guy. And I pray that because you promised this guy will live another 15 years and he wants a sign, please give him a sign. Let the shadow go back 10 degrees. While they were watching... While the leaders of Israel were watching, the historians of Israel were watching, they have an amazing way of maintaining history. They were watching. The Bible says the shadow on the sundial began to move back 10 degrees, just as he prayed. The entire cosmic structure, God just shifted it a little bit because one man was crying. And God said, I can't let my baby be emotional on this. Hezekiah was happy. Isaiah said, you got one more sign. On the third day from today, you are going to be in the church worshipping God. Third day from today. You are going to walk to the house of God and you're going to worship. Hallelujah. Hezekiah said, wow, I believe this. Now, what do I do? Isaiah said, get some fig leaves and put it on the malignant tumor or whatever that boil is. You know, sometimes God will tell you to do actions of faith that has nothing to do with reality. But God will just say, do that, do this. Just obey the Lord in faith. Because the leaves will not heal anyway. It's God who heals. But obedience is a necessity for God to work. Obey the Lord. Hallelujah. Obey God in whatever he says. Amen. And Hezekiah put that fig leaves on the boil on his body. And the third day, the man walked completely healthy and continued to live another 15 years. Another 15 years, he continued to live and worship God and lead Israel into greater victories. I want to tell you, the God of Hezekiah is your God and mine. And today, as we pray, he will make a change. He will do a miracle. For with God, nothing It's impossible. The don'ts in prayer, you understood, right? And the do's in prayer, you want to practice. Let's pray together. Hallelujah. Some of you want to make a commitment that you want to go to the house of God like Hezekiah and worship God on a regular basis. You want to worship the Lord regularly as thanking him, as worshiping him. 
Hallelujah. Whether good happens or bad happens, you want to be faithful to God. You want to worship him. Come on, wherever you are, would you like to open your mouth and talk to him and speak words of thanks and prayer? Amen. Tell him, Lord, what you did for others, you're able to do for me. But help me also to be connected to you like others were. Help me to be connected to you like others were. I want to trust you, Master. I want to love you, Master. Heavenly Father, this beautiful morning, this beautiful moment, we say thank you. Thank you because you are the God of Hezekiah. A God who was not bothered to move the shadow 10 degrees backward to keep your servant happy in knowing that you're healing him. Thank you that you will go the extra mile because you love us. Thank you that you're a prayer answering God. Thank you that when you heal us, you have promised to give us the strength, the resources to be in your house to worship you. And I pray for each one, your anointing will be on them. Your deliverance will be on them. Help us to avoid what you said, don't in prayer. And help us to practice what you said, do in prayer. May your success, your grace, your victory be upon your people. Your healing be upon your people. Your blessed success be upon your people. Let people grow in their leadership skills. Let people grow in their productivity. Let people grow in their deep relationships and good love and relationships. Let let them be more than achievers through Christ who strengthens them. Thank you, Father. Thank you for your faithful. Help us to become people that glorify you more through our lifestyle and through our worship of you. In Jesus' most holy and matchless name we pray. Amen. Before we pray, close like we do every time. We're going to sing a song, worship the Lord together, and then we will pray and close. Let your living water flow over my soul. Let your Holy Spirit come and take control of every situation that has troubled my mind. All my cares and burdens unto you I roll. Draw me to your love. 
my Jesus 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 times that you will not want to ignore. Teach us to pray in a way that honors you, that your kingdom will come and your will be done. Master, bless each one. Let your victory, your anointing, Holy Spirit of God be with each one. Bless the tithes, the offerings they give you. We give you from a heart of love. May your healings May your divine miracles be upon each one. Bless us. To you be all the glory and honor. As we are moving, oh God, into the next month, in a few hours, we ask for your blessings. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus, the love of our Heavenly Father, and the sweet abiding presence of the Holy Spirit rest and abide upon each one of us from now and forevermore. Amen.